This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. An outbreak of coronavirus on a U.S. aircraft carrier has put the Navy in the middle of a very public crisis. It all may have begun with a single decision about a month ago to dock the carrier in Vietnam. Today on the show, how that decision kicked off a chain of events that led to the firing of the ship's captain and the resignation of the Navy's top official. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Wednesday, April 8th. The crisis centers on what happened aboard a naval ship called the USS Theodore Roosevelt. USS Roosevelt is one of a handful of aircraft carriers in the U.S. arsenal. Our colleague, Ben Kessling, has been talking to sailors on board the massive aircraft carrier. And an aircraft carrier, I mean, if you haven't seen one, it's sort of an awe-inspiring thing. It's 20 stories tall. It's a few football fields long. It's got planes on it. It's got weapons on it. It's got tons of personnel, upwards of 5,000 crew that deal with this thing. And it's meant to project American power abroad. Nicknamed the Big Stick after Theodore Roosevelt's famous foreign policy ideal to speak softly and carry a big stick, the USS Roosevelt is a vital player in the power struggle between the U.S. and China. The United States has been trying to court allies in the Pacific for years now, and we are in a constant tug of war with China for influence, whether it's the Philippines, Cambodia, Thailand, Vietnam— All these countries are very important to U.S. use of power in the Pacific. And the USS Roosevelt, this massive warship with all this firepower, its most recent job was to pull into port in Vietnam in early March to work on the bilateral friendship that's been growing since the end of the Vietnam War in the 70s. This decision to dock in Vietnam for a port call had been planned for months, It was supposed to commemorate 25 years of diplomatic relations between the U.S. and Vietnam. But as the scheduled date for the stop got closer, the coronavirus was spreading across Asia and the world like wildfire. And that raised some questions. Questions about whether or not docking in Vietnam was a good idea at all. Those plans had some in the military concerned about whether or not they should go ashore in Vietnam. But overall, there wasn't that much concern. The country of Vietnam at the time of this port call only had 16 cases of coronavirus in the entire country. They said that they could keep it under control. And because those plans had been in place for so long, and this was seen as such a strategic importance, the pressure to continue with the mission, the pressure to have this port call go off was immense. Under this pressure and facing what seemed like a small level of risk, the Pentagon decided to go forward with it. So, on March 5th, the USS Roosevelt pulled into port in Da Nang. 
Once the USS Roosevelt docked in Vietnam, a number of the crew members went ashore. There was a visit to a local university, some projects that were done. The U.S. Navy has a band on board the Roosevelt that played a a small concert. And uh, then sailors also had some limited shore leave. They went to bars and restaurants in Da Nang. All of which to sort of show that the U.S. Navy is here to support Vietnam and, and be an ally to Vietnam. That's right. But as they went ashore, there are photos that the command posted to their Facebook site, other photos that sailors took and posted on social media that show that as the sailors are going ashore and they are not wearing masks and seemingly unconcerned about coronavirus, you can see locals in the background wearing masks. Sailors would go to a bar and order a beer and there would be nobody else around in that bar. Interesting. So it sounds like people in Vietnam were clearly starting to take the coronavirus seriously at that time. It would appear that people in Vietnam, if they weren't concerned about it directly in Da Nang, there was at least concern enough to wear face masks and to not pack bars at the time that the sailors were there. Five days after they pulled into port, the USS Roosevelt left Vietnam and headed back to sea. And while at sea, some of the sailors aboard started to worry that they had been exposed to the coronavirus. There were two British nationals in Vietnam that stayed at the same hotel that some of the sailors stayed at. Those two tested positive for COVID. According to sailors I spoke to, the chain of command thought that there might have been other exposure that happened. And as soon as the sailors got back on the ship, they started monitoring people to make sure that what really was unthinkable to the sailors when they went on shore leave hadn't happened, that they hadn't got infected with COVID-19 and brought it back onto the ship. It's unclear whether sailors were actually exposed to the coronavirus while in Vietnam. An aircraft carrier has planes and helicopters coming and going all the time, bringing cargo and dropping off personnel. So there were other ways sailors could have been exposed. But wherever it came from, it quickly became clear that coronavirus was aboard the USS Roosevelt, something that was once unthinkable to some of the sailors Ben talked to. One sailor said that they felt like the ship is like the safest place you could be. As news was coming out that America was starting to see more cases of this, this is in mid-March, being aboard a massive warship in the middle of the ocean seems like a great place to be because we're out here and we're impervious to it. But then people started getting sick. And it went from being the best place you could possibly be to the worst place you could possibly be. A warship isn't designed for quarantine. Sailors sleep practically on top of each other in birthing areas. There's stairwells everywhere where you touch railings. You uh, come in close contact with people all the time. It's simply not made for quarantine. And the sailors told me that once they knew that coronavirus had gotten onto the ship, they didn't even describe it so much as fear. They just described it as a sense of inevitability, like they knew it's eventually going to get to us. But the crew aboard the ship did what they could to try and stop the coronavirus from spreading. Sailors told me that they started bleaching everything, everything uh, from handrails to the switches to controls to keyboards on computers, everything they could possibly bleach, they bleached. And From our reporting that we have, they were trying their best to keep people apart, keep folks in separate birthing areas, but there's only so much that you can do. 
The first three sailors to test positive for the coronavirus were airlifted off the ship, and medical personnel were brought on to help with the outbreak. But more and more crew members kept getting sick. And then the USS Roosevelt got the order to cut short training exercises that they were supposed to do, and instead head for Guam so that they could deal with the ship's outbreak there. Once the Roosevelt was in Guam, the problem it found itself in was that it was in a friendly port in a U.S. territory where they could, in theory, debark and go into a proper quarantine, but it wasn't happening or it wasn't happening fast enough. And seeing that quarantining crew members wasn't happening fast enough and that the virus was still spreading, the ship's captain stepped in. When they pull into Guam, that's when the captain of the Roosevelt started really sounding the alarm. After the break, what happened when that alarm went off? This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Technology companies can be affected by rapid product obsolescence and intense industry competition. Before investing carefully, consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Company. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back. As the USS Roosevelt was docked in Guam with six sailors aboard, the decision about what to do fell to the captain of the ship, Captain Brett Crozier. Captain Brett Crozier, Naval Academy graduate, has one of the best commands you can get in the Navy. Command of an aircraft carrier is not an easy thing to get. You have to prove yourself pretty thoroughly before you are given command of that aircraft carrier. Captain Crozier writes a memo to his higher-ups that says, we need to address this more effectively immediately. We need to get these sailors into, into hotels ashore. We need to get these sailors off this ship. We need to get a quarantine in place, and we need to do it as fast as possible. Captain Crozier said, look, this warship is not at war right now. We are not launching aircraft off the deck. We are not facing a hostile enemy, so there's no reason that we need to endanger any of these sailors' lives unnecessarily. And he writes this memo that is not sent up through the usual channels. It's not sent through some sort of a secret message system. It's emailed to his higher-ups, and he CC'd a number of senior officers in, in the Navy. Crozier's plea for help became public. It was leaked to the press. Once the letter came out, Navy leadership responded to it almost immediately. Or at least it seems like they did. Acting Secretary of the Navy, Thomas Modley, said that all the things that 
Captain Crozier suggested be done in the letter were already in motion by the time this letter was sent. But after the letter came out, more men and women were able to come off the ship and go into quarantine in hospitals. More testing was taking place. What was the reaction to the memo becoming public? Amongst the sailors on the ship, everyone that we spoke with was ecstatic about it. Their reaction was, the captain is sticking his neck out for us. He's doing whatever he can to make sure that he's doing the right thing for his men and his women aboard the ship. But Captain Crozier's memo did not go over well at the Pentagon. Sending a memo over an unsecured email system to more than 20 people, which the Navy says the captain did, raised the chances that it would leak. The higher up in the Navy chain of command, specifically the acting secretary of the Navy, Thomas Modley, said that was not the best decision Captain Crozier could have made, that he should have made sure that a letter like that doesn't get leaked to the public, and that he should have followed his chain of command with diligence to solve the problem at hand. Modley said that because the memo had become public, Crozier had made it clear to enemies that the USS Roosevelt was in a moment of weakness. And it also left the impression that the Navy wasn't helping the sailors on the ship, which Modley said was not true. Because of all that, Modley decided to relieve Captain Crozier of his command. So while docked in Guam, Crozier left the ship. He walked off the Roosevelt, and as he went down the gangplank, hundreds of sailors, too many to to even count from the videos that are out there of this, cheered him as he walked off the ship. It's not always normal for a relieved commanding officer to get a standing ovation from troops when they leave their command. A standing ovation. What does that say to you? That crew members were clapping and cheering for the captain as he left the ship was a sign that they trusted him, that he was acting in their best interest. The Navy is investigating what happened aboard the USS Roosevelt and whether or not Crozier acted appropriately. And while sailors and some former Navy leaders were surprised by Crozier's dismissal, Modley was firm in his decision. Not only did he hold a press conference and give interviews to defend himself, he also flew 8,000 miles to speak directly to the crew of the USS Roosevelt. And he got on the 1MC, which is the intercom that addresses the entire ship. And he proceeded to give a speech that upbraided Captain Crozier. I've been wanting to come out to the ship since we first found out you had COVID cases on here. Some sailors sort of scrambled to record the speech because it was almost unbelievable to have the Secretary of the Navy talking about a captain in this way. Modley said that Captain Crozier was either stupid or naive. It was my opinion that if he didn't think that information was was going to get out into the public, in this information age that we live in, then he was A, too naive or too stupid to be the commanding officer of a ship like this. Said that he hadn't properly followed the chain of command. It was a betrayal of trust with me, with his chain of command, with you, with the 800 to 1,000 people who are your shipmates on shore right now. He said that uh, the Navy was looking out for the, the sailors' best interests, and they should know that. So think about that. When you cheer the man off a ship, who exposed you to that? Acting Secretary Modley's tone, it's almost like he's scolding the captain that he has just relieved. And 
uh, wanting to remind all the sailors aboard of what it means to have good order and discipline and to do their jobs and to trust that the Navy will take care of them. How did the crew on board the ship react during the speech? Well, there's a uh, one leaked copy of the of the audio speech as the acting secretary is speaking. There's a sailor who blurts out a profanity when the acting secretary says something derogatory about Captain Crozier. And as soon as this speech was over, people were talking about it. Sailors were talking about it. Just like Crozier's memo quickly leaked to the press, so did recordings of Modley's speech. And as people off the ship heard Modley's speech, it did not go over well. Almost immediately, he he started receiving criticism. There were calls from lawmakers and folks in Congress advocacy groups that said, while Modley said Captain Crozier had exhibited poor judgment, folks were saying that maybe Mr. Modley's the one who has lost control and wasn't exhibiting a good grasp of command. And the Secretary of Defense and even the President expressed some concern over the way things were handled. You have two good people, and they're arguing. And I'm good, believe it or not, at settling arguments. I'm good at settling these arguments. So I may look into it in great detail, in detail, and I'll be able to figure it out very fast. And soon enough, the Secretary of Defense was demanding that Acting Secretary Modley issue an apology. Modley apologized and walked back his characterization of Crozier, saying he believed the captain is, quote, smart and passionate. But that apology wasn't enough. And the backlash against Modley grew. And people, including House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, called for his resignation. A resignation that Modley gave yesterday. So where does this all leave the Navy right now? Well, Modley was just the acting secretary. He was not a Senate-confirmed secretary of the Navy. The undersecretary of the Army has now been called over to act as the head of the Navy. You still have... Every day, more sailors from the Roosevelt are testing positive for COVID. You have far-flung bases uh, that are still dealing with these issues. And at the end of the day, you've still got the mission that the Roosevelt ultimately needed to do, which is project power and keep America's interests safe abroad, which is the enduring mission that's got to happen in the background of all this. Which it seems like they probably can't even do right now because— not only are they docked, but also more and more of their sailors are contracting the virus every day. The Navy says the Roosevelt could set sail if it needed to, but the ship has a number of sailors who have tested positive for COVID-19. And the reason that they steamed to Guam and put into port early was because of concerns that more and more people would get it. The focus of this story has really come to be about Crozier and Modley and the response, but I'm wondering, where does it leave all of these sailors from the USS Roosevelt right now? I did speak with a sailor who was in quarantine at a hotel, and I said, what's it like being on quarantine? And the sailor said, it's, it's nice, we're in hotels. It's just as Captain Crozier wished. More than 230 sailors from the USS Roosevelt have now tested positive for the coronavirus, including, according to reports, the ship's former captain, Captain Crozier.
that's all for today, Wednesday, April 8th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Thanks to Nancy Youssef, Gordon Lubold, and Lucy Kramer for their reporting on this story. Additional audio from Task and Purpose and Alexis Bias via Storyfall. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.